Hey, it's me, Lisa P, and welcome to It's Called Life, where I deep dive into motherhood, womanhood, society, culture, and all the other crazy things that make up this thing we call life. And today I want to talk about something that I have talked about on my TikTok, I have mentioned on my Instagram, but I've never really done an in-depth discussion on Um, especially on my podcast, but that is the fact that me and my husband have decided to homeschool our kids for the next year. And before you start thinking, oh my God, that's really weird, like how counterculture, I would say my husband and I are pretty much middle of the road when it comes to like the two polars of super crunchy or like keeping up with the Joneses. We inherently see flaws in the way things are done along the status quo, but we also don't want to completely be out of society and be completely counterculture. That's not really, that doesn't really fit with us either. There are a lot of things in our life that we have thought critically about and come to a little bit more of an alternative decision on. Probably the biggest and most recent one was having a birth center birth for my third child our third child. He was kind of involved. You know, I had had two hospital births. I had had a not great experience with my second, and I was preparing to have what seemed like a very similar experience with my third. And I decided to jump ship and I found the birth center that we used and I went full into it. I read all the books about, you know, unmedicated labor and physiological birth, and I prepared and I did the meditations and the hypnobirthing, and it was absolutely an incredible experience and not at all what I would have thought. You know, I tend to be one of those people who thinks like, oh, I would never do that until I actually end up doing it. So when I had my first child, I was full on like epidural, sign me up, like no thank you, ma'am. Um, I just never thought in a million years I would be the type of person who wanted to do just like an unmedicated birth. Well, that's not entirely true. I did think like a water birth at home sounded really cool, but I think I was just too chicken shit at that point in time to actually commit to it, especially with my firstborn. Like you've never gone through the labor experience. You've never had a baby. You don't really know what to expect. And I put a lot of trust in other people. And as I've gotten more experienced and I've had two children at this point before I had my third, um, I just felt much more confident in my own ability to make my own decisions and my body's ability to be able to handle what was coming. But I digress because this is not an episode about birth. Um, But we kind of came to the decision to homeschool a little bit similarly. I, after COVID, talked about how I would never homeschool. I talked to other moms who were really struggling during, you know, the COVID shutdowns. I had a pre-Ker and a preschooler and I was making jokes with other moms like, oh my God, how do teachers do it? Oh my God, I could never homeschool. Oh my God, like we have to get them back in school. And I find it really interesting. So number one, I think COVID was the first time that I did have my kids home all the time. And although it was really, really struggling in the beginning, um, I've always been a stay-at-home mom, but I always had like the option of daycare or part-time childcare. And when that went away during COVID, the the transition period to having them home all the time was rough in the beginning. I'm not going to lie. We all had to learn how to manage the space that we had with all of our bodies in it all the time. 
But over time, we really settled into it and I started doing homeschool type things. I didn't know it was homeschool at the time, but I was trying to recreate preschool and pre-K for my kids at home to make sure they were still learning. And I was doing what I now know were unit studies and we were doing workbook work and activities. And I like really threw myself into it and I ended up enjoying it all the way up until my daughter did virtual kindergarten. And that I had to say was awful because she was on a regular school schedule, but she had to be on her Zooms and like a five-year-old can't be on a Zoom by themselves, um, nor can they sign into like any of their apps. So it was really mom has to sit there and make sure she's logged in and make sure she's sitting. And it was much more like monitoring than what I came to realize homeschool actually could be. It was much more difficult doing the Zoom school than it was doing our like pseudo preschool at home. And although my family did struggle at the beginning of lockdown, I think everybody struggled through lockdowns and school closures and things like that. We opted to keep our daughter in virtual and keep our bubble really small for a lot longer than most of the community around here did. And part of that was because we had the benefit of me being a stay-at-home mom. So I am home. I can watch my kids. But also, well, there was also just the community care. You know, we wanted to make sure we were doing everything morally that we thought was right and that included keeping our family home a lot more than other people who didn't have the choice people who had to go back to work people who relied on childcare in that way but also we found that we were sort of thriving in that togetherness we came out of um, the lockdowns when we finally did send our kid to school and she and my son actually started going to in-person school together actually when he was in kindergarten and she was in second grade we found that we didn't like that separation. We didn't like the disjointed family feeling that we were getting from rejoining society in a way. And then we just, we've always been very self-reflective. I'm a very self-reflective person. Me and my husband are constantly evaluating what we're doing in this life and whether or not it is serving us and serving our family and what we can do to maximize happiness, optimize joy, um, optimize the things that we really value, which is time together, memories made, togetherness, closeness, and intimacy within our family unit, while still giving each member of our family autonomy and individual time, especially for mom who stays home. That is very important. But when our kids entered the school system, it was never a question that they were going to. I mean, I'm a product of the public school system. So is my husband. We both believed that that's just what kids do. You go to school at five at kindergarten and you go through the, the school system. You know, we were never, ever really considering homeschooling until COVID brought this home learning option and we chose to do it. And again, I didn't like the virtual option, but we knew lots of people who decided to pull out of school because of the COVID lockdowns and just homeschool through the state and through these accountability associations and didn't do the virtual option with their with their um, traditional school. They decided to fully homeschool. And I think the COVID lockdowns, the school shutdowns, the push for more virtual working, the ability for more parents to work remotely. I think all of these things kind of created more of a popularity in homeschooling that 
it has always been more counterculture in my mind, especially growing up as a millennial in the 90s. I think when you think of homeschooling, especially from that mindset, you think of, you know, weird kids or super religious, and it just had a negative connotation in my mind. And with the COVID lockdowns, with the more pushing for virtual options, remote options, um, more places came out with homeschool hours. There were more people being drawn to it. It started to become something that I was considering. Now, beyond just the schedule of the school system, which in our county is really, really early for young kids, um, we would have to be in the school drop-off line at 6.50 in the morning, and that is kids dressed up, fed, clothed, backpacks packed, lunches packed, etc., Everything ready to go in the car, in the drop-off line at 6.50. I don't know about y'all, that is really early. But no, we're not homeschooling just so we can sleep in. But yeah, the schedule is a factor. But beyond that, my kids were coming home from school super burned out, super irritable, super tired. They would want to veg out in front of the TV. They would barely have any energy to want to do any of these extracurriculars that we had put them in, you know, for their own enhancement, for their own enjoyment, you know, music or sports or whatever it was, dance. They didn't have the energy or the mental bandwidth for it. They just needed a break. And then beyond that, you know, now that we are definitely not going back to this school, um, my daughter had a really awful third grade teacher. She was what I would consider like the Southern Meemaw version of Professor Umbridge. We had a really concerning issue with her being inappropriate with students, not in like a SA kind of way, just saying some really off the cuff. And if you know, like older Southern conservative people, like some of the things that can come out of their mouths is just not kosher. And one such instance was she told this entire class of second graders about, and this story is going to blow your mind when I tell you this. Um, she told this whole group of second graders, her entire class, I don't know how the story started. I don't know how this was ever something that she thought should come out of her mouth. I don't know what lesson she was trying to drive home, but she told this group of second graders that there was once a girl who was being held at gunpoint and the gunman asked her if she believed in God. And when she said yes, he shot her and killed her. And she told the class that she thought that was because the gunman was possessed by the devil. I'm going to pause just so you all can um, process that because it took me a whole long time to process just the multiple layers of inappropriateness of just wildness. When my daughter told me that this had happened, it blew my mind. And then I went to the principal about it and told her what happened because it was extremely inappropriate. I was very concerned. My daughter was freaked out by this story. Um, it was just so beyond something that what would be in any way appropriate to tell this age group of children, especially as a teacher, especially with like the violence of the story, with the undertones of religion in a public school, like all of it. It was just so inappropriate. The principal basically went to the teacher. The teacher denied it ever happened, said my daughter must have heard it on the playground or something. Absolute lie. My daughter would not have made up that her teacher told her that. So anyway, after I was given the um, like shrug off, I went to the other parents of the class and got the story corroborated by five other students and five other pretty horrified parents. And we all decided to then write an email being like, hey, no, now there's a bunch of us and we know this happened. She lied at this point. Um, you have to do something about this. This is not okay. Like, how can we trust this teacher in a room with our kids and what she's telling them? 
And basically, long story short, we got the brush off. Nothing ever happened. The teacher wasn't disciplined. Um, I was told my daughter, if she was distressed by the story, could go see the school counselor. And don't get me wrong. I completely understand there is a teacher shortage. There is a lot of stress on teachers and on, on administration. But when we're talking about trusting our teachers with our kids, this is kind of what we're talking about. Like, I don't know anybody who is ever around children who would think that that was an appropriate story to ever tell kids ever. And I didn't like this teacher already because she has like a really kind of old school teaching method. She like singles kids out. She makes them embarrassed. She like calls them out if they like didn't get their homework done the night before. She'll like mention it in front of the whole class. Like, you know, just just kind of things that I think are really unnecessary um, and the kids have to walk laps at recess if they do something wrong. I don't know. It's a lot of things. And again, I might be airing some dirty laundry, but I'm not mentioning the teacher and I'm not mentioning the school. So it is what it is. This is, it was a contributing factor to us homeschooling. And I just want to put it out there that we have had wonderful, extremely wonderful experiences with other teachers and other people that work at the school. Um, the school is fantastic. We actually love our public school that my kids were slated to go to. I think overall, like this teacher notwithstanding, the people that work there are top-notch, incredible educators. But this year with this specific teacher left a bit of a bad taste in her mouth. And when it kind of compounded with all of the other green flags that we were having about homeschooling for our family and how it could work for our family, it was like, you know, maybe we got the bad teacher. By the way, everybody in the school knows this is the bad teacher. So like, it's not just me. Um, maybe because we got the bad teacher, you know, I really do believe in signs like that. Like, you know, if we had had a wonderful teacher this year, if we had had like an amazing connection with the teacher and my daughter was thriving and my, you know, if it had been wonderful, would I still have pulled my kids? I don't know. It's kind of like everything compounded upon itself, kind of showing me the way, showing me that this is something worthwhile for my family. But the real biggest reason we decided to homeschool is because of the schedule and because of our ability to create the life that we want through homeschooling. My husband owns his own business and I don't work outside the home. So everything we do, we can be really flexible with. We can be around at different times. We can have this alternative schedule. We can travel more as a family. Because my husband from the get-go, from the jump of like starting his business, did it for work-life balance. He has always had that on his mind. He has always strived to be a well-balanced person when it comes to building his career. He wants to be home. He wants to enjoy his life as much as possible. And to him, that involves being around the family as much as possible. And it's such a blessing and it's such a gift that we already have. And the fact that it affords me the privilege of being able to stay home and not work outside the home and have these passion projects like this podcast or social media um, or take on homeschooling. These are really amazing opportunities and it kind of seems like a why not. And when I started to look at homeschooling and I started to follow accounts of homeschoolers and I started to look into what modern homeschooling looks like, secular homeschooling, you know, it really is appealing. If you can manage being around your kids 24-7, which COVID taught us that we can. Um, if you have a passion for educating, which believe it or not, there was a part, 
point in time in my life where I thought I would be a teacher. Um, it was it was short lived. It was when I was looking at colleges, but it was something that I was interested in. So there is that that passion to do this with my kids. And then there's the resources. We, again, have the privilege and the resources to be able to make sure my kids get a great education, even being homeschooled. And when you look at how children learn, homeschool looks really beneficial for one-on-one instruction. It looks really, really enticing in that way when you realize that your kid is going to be getting one-on-one instruction with every subject. Now there are negatives. There are there are things that I'm concerned about. I'm brand new to this. I have only ever known the public education system. I've only ever known the school system and how that looks. So there are some things that I have concerns about. It isn't all ro- rose-colored glasses. I worry about my kids having those close friendships. I absolutely worry about you know finding a community of homeschoolers here in South Carolina. So far, I have met I guess through the internet met or like found co-op groups and play groups and they either seem to be like really outdoorsy centered like super crunchy and nature oriented or very religious and as I said you know we're religious but not very religious we're religious but not Christian we're crunchy but not like hang out outside a thousand hours like I'm a little bit more of an indoor cat so I'm still struggling to find my people. I think that will be a make it or break it thing for us. I think finding a group of other kids that are available around these same homeschool hours, which is during the middle of the day, is going to be really important to me. I want them to thrive. I want them to have that social circle. And I want them to be able to still have a lot of these like group experiences. But there have been so many conversations me and my husband have had about the fact that we're raising our kids in South Carolina, that we want them to have a competitive education, not just, you know, we live in a really great school district for our state. But is it competitive nationally? Is it competitive internationally? Um, Will they be able to do everything they want to do? And the answer is, of course they will. But at the same time, I don't know. South Carolina has never been ranked in, you know, the national top 10 for public school educations. I think where we live is really, really good. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't see anything negative about it. But with these pushes, these political pushes to interfere with the public education system in these very conservative red states, it is a concern. Absolutely. You know, there is the Moms for Liberty group who is very, very active in my town, who we just had a member of Moms for Liberty that was elected to the school board. I think she was actually elected the head of the school board, which is even more concerning. And, you know, being a blue dot in a red state really does feel like pushing a rock uphill and getting squished every single time. You know, when you see these things happening and you feel helpless and you vote and you do what you can, but it doesn't really seem to make a difference because there's so many more people who vote differently around here and there's so much money in it and there's so much power being thrown around. Um, You know, it is concerning. I want my kids to have a empathetic and integrated and and comprehensive education, a comprehensive understanding of history and a comprehensive understanding of identity and empathy for our society and who actually lives in it and what that actually looks like. And I'm still kind of grappling with my part in that. I'm grappling with how I can do the best for my kid while also pushing for better for everyone's kids. 
And you know, my reasons for homeschooling aren't political. My reasons for homeschooling aren't a school safety issue, but I would be lying if I said that those two issues did not factor in because they absolutely do. And those are such big, huge political issues, you know, both the gun issue and the religion in school and the conservative push to ban books and ban, you know, comprehensive sex education and all of these things that are just a right. They're a right to education for our kids. So I don't know. Some, some of those issues seem so big and so hard to touch that I don't know what to do, honestly. And I know I have a platform and I know I speak on a lot of these issues a lot of the time. So it seems like I should, you know, be the most proactive out there knocking on doors and, and pounding the pavement. But in reality, I am just a mom. <laughs> I'm a busy mom with three kids at home and doing the best I can. And right now, the best I can do for my kids, it seems, is to let them experience the world and travel and spend time with me and their dad and spend the next year or two traveling and seeing as much as we can and teaching them as much as I can and fostering their interests and giving them these opportunities that I think will do them really good because I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't think it was a great thing for my kids. And my goal is every year to check in, look at how this is going, how it's serving the family, how it is serving my kids, and as always, pivot if necessary and put them back in school if they miss their friends and they miss the structure of a regular school day because I'm not married to anything other than my actual family. Um, I think this could be a really cool thing for us and that's why we're trudging forward with it. But if it's not and it doesn't work out for us and my kids aren't thriving and they aren't loving it and, and they feel lonely, I will put them back in, in a heartbeat. But as of right now, right this second, I am so excited about homeschooling. I, I think it's going to be so fun and so exciting for both my kids and for me. I can't wait to learn with them. I can't wait to watch them grow. I can't wait to do projects with them and see them be interested in subjects and go and explore the world around us together and watch them absorb it. And these days, these years, they go by so fast. And if the worst thing in the world is they missed out on you know, third and fourth grade in school and we got those memories together and they decide they want to go back, I will still cherish the fact that we got that time. So yeah, so wish us luck on our homeschooling journey. We are starting July. We kind of already started with our trip to Colonial Williamsburg and that was super fun, but we are really starting like curriculum curriculum in July. And I will love to take you guys along with this adventure with us show you what homeschooling looks like for a you know progressive minded liberal family in the south <laughs> with a non crunchy but maybe i guess the word might be silky mom i don't know if that's a thing i th i feel like we made that up on the internet but if you have any questions about homeschooling i hope to have some homeschooling educators come on the podcast soon um I want to talk more about it with y'all, especially if you're interested or just, you know, would never in a million years homeschool and just want to hear the stories and see how it's going. I mean, I'll share it all. You know I will. So thanks for being here and thanks for following along. And as always, I'm Lisa P and this is It's Called Life and I will see you next time.